Ben Sawyer, the coach of the White Ferns. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Good, mate. Yeah, all good. Thank you. It's a story always exciting when you get to get to name a squad, mate. You got to, you, your squad uh, has has just come out for the uh, series against Pakistan, and I see uh, one of the one of the big leading uh, stories here in the in the story that have been sent from uh, uh, from New Zealand cricket media is the Sophie Bates Oval. They're renaming it for this uh, for this test um, for the for, against oh, for this game against Pakistan, mate. When what would when, when are we going to get the uh, the Ben Sawyer over? When's that going to happen, do you think? Uh, look, I don't think that'll be any time soon, mate. But, uh, yeah, look, it's a great achievement, you know, for Suze to achieve her 300 games. She actually did it, uh, obviously, while we were in uh, South Africa. But we wanted to, you know, to make a special mention of that and, you know, play that many number of games for your country is, is a pretty amazing achievement. So, yeah, it should be a pretty special day for that uh, second C20. I'm looking through the, the list of players, and there is a ton of experience here, isn't there? Yeah, look, we're we're really uh, blessed with that in terms of you know Sophie and Susie and and Mealy's getting up in games now, and, and obviously Maddie as well, and so that that part of it, and then you know the the bit that's exciting as well is there's a number of girls that have only played a handful of games, or you know any, even if they've played a few, they've only bowled a handful of overs or, or faced a handful of balls. So um, you know that's the exciting part about the squad is that. You know, we, we have got some absolute world-class players in, in terms of just their experience as well. And then, you know, add to the likes of Georgia Plimmer and, and girls like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a nice place to be in at the moment, I think. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask you off the back of the experience. Have you got enough young players coming through to, to take this side forward? Yeah, look, I think, you know, we've got, uh, you know, girls like Georgia, Easy Gaze, Fran Jonas, uh, Eden Carson, Molly Penfold, I'm pretty sure they're all under 21 or 22 or something like that. So, you know, even just in our playing squad, there's a number of those girls. Um, but then, you know, even someone like Hannah Rowe, who's, you know, 26 odd, but, you know, has only sort of played a handful of games, not not a whole heap and, and had huge experience. So uh, even players like that, I think, you know, there's untapped potential in some of them as well. So, um, yeah, look, we've got a number of young players. I'm really comfortable with that. Um, so, yeah, I think we can bring the group forward. What I've seen, looking at the T20 here, what, what I've seen uh, in the Super Smash is spin bowlers doing really, really well in, in the women's game. Looking through the squad here, you got a lot of quicks. Uh, well, we do, but, you know, one of our T20 plans, and I think a number of our T20s, we've actually played three spinners in pretty much uh, all of those games uh, for quite a while now, so... Um, yeah, look, we do have a number of quicks. I guess the bit where we're blessed with that is that a number of them are all-rounders. So you've got Sophie up top, Hannah Rowe, you know, who bats in the middle for us as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's more the fact that, you know, it's one actually really strength of the side that, you know, even someone like Mealy and Sophie, to to have those girls in your top four and, and they also bowl is is a real blessing. So, you know, with Sophie and Mealy up top means we can pick an extra quick and an extra spinner and, and sort of have three of each. So I think it's a really good balance and we're really lucky with that. You know, throw Susie into the mix on subcontinent wickets. You know, we've, we've played four spinners at stages. So, look, it actually is a strength of ours, and it's something we've done in T20 quite a lot. So, um, you know, I'd be pretty certain we'll roll out three spinners even in New Zealand at times in T20 cricket. How much are you expecting? I mean, you, you, is the way you said that suggests you don't expect them to actually uh, necessarily turn the ball a lot on our on our wicket. So is it very much that Daniel Vittori, it's about the flight, it's about the length? Yeah, look, um, you know, with our spin bowling coach, we've done quite a bit of work on that. And, 
Um, you know, someone like using Fran Jonas as an example, I think the numbers are that she goes for like four and a half in the power play and five through the middle. So, um, yeah, obviously we need to teach these girls to be able to slow it up uh, at times to take wickets and, and to, you know, especially in the subcontinent and places like that. But but here in New Zealand, yeah, it's a little bit flatter. And I guess the way we're trying to take wickets, which is the objective all the time with us, but it's probably a little bit more through pressure in New Zealand conditions than it is through and um, dot ball pressure than it is through maybe spinning the ball past the bat because, you know, I don't know if we're going to get that assistance here. So um, it's actually about teaching the girls to be able to do both. Um, and that's really exciting because someone like Fran and Eden at, at 19 and 20, um, you know, we need to be able to teach them that. But I think they can learn that. And especially when we go overseas, just to be able to slow it up a little bit, I think it's really important. Shouldn't be short of runs, though. Boys, there's some power there, some power heading headlined by Sophie Devine, who's in red-hot form. Mm. Yeah, she's been going great in the WBBL. And, um, yeah, it's been nice to see her uh, bat in the middle and also open the batting. So, you know, I know there's, um, you know we've used her through the middle and, and just to have that, that power at the, at the back end of innings. And I think it showed in the, uh, in the WBBL, I think they've, from, from memory, I think they won four out of six games with her batting in that position. So... Uh, it's pretty, you know, special to be able to, you know, if you can get off to a good start to then have Sophie walk in. And, and I guess that's the way we're trying to play, is to be really confident up front, uh, get us off to a good start, and then also have Sophie walk in. And, and, you know, that's the way we're looking to play at the moment. What about the amount of cricket that uh, the, the women are playing now? It's one thing. It, it, it really is a feature. It's more televised games, more games, a higher degree of professionalism. In terms of looking after these players and allowing them to be able to perform at their best day in, day out, that, that's probably a, a new challenge. Yeah, look, and it's, it's one that we've had for a little while. And, um, you know, someone like Sophie Devine, uh, for instance, is, you know, has gone 100 in, in June or July, straight to CPL, straight to South Africa, hops off the plane, goes straight from South Africa to Perth straight to here in, in the next day or so. So, yeah, it, it is a challenge and, and keeping them up and, and making sure that they're ready to go in important events, but also the fact that, you know, every time you play for New Zealand, it's important. So, um, yeah, it is, it is a bit of a balance to, to get them right. And I guess with T20s, um, there is a chance to, to try different combinations because, um, you know, it's not really for points. Uh, obviously, you want to win each game and you want to put a really strong team out there whereas the ODIs is, is for championship points to qualify for World Cup. So there is an opportunity sometimes in T20 to, to use that format of the game to, to look at combinations and also the fact that, you know, we've got a T20 World Cup, that's our next, you know, pinnacle event. So we, we want to figure out our, our best 11 and, and also our best squad. So, um, you know, we will often try to use T20s that way, but, you know, at the top of mind always is, is trying to win matches and, and put a balanced team out there, but within that, you know, maybe muck around with a few combinations from time to time. And I love the fact if you're looking looking to to uh, you know find your your best eleven, you've got someone that maybe maybe New Zealand cricket have been shying away from was looking past, but she's forced her way back into the side. Leah Tahuu. Yeah, look, uh, you know, I think it was publicised that she obviously got let go there from contracts, and um, yeah, look, when I, I came on board, I. Uh, you know, I've seen Leah for a number of years, I guess, as an opposition coach and, and saw her value. And look, you know, we, we we actually just spent a little bit of time doing a bit of a deep dive into our bowling and um, since the Commonwealth Games when I came on board. And um, yeah, look, even just in the power play, 
I think Leah's bowled something like 22 overs and oh, we've taken 22 wickets, sorry, in the power play and she's taken 15 of them. So uh, from a quicks perspective. So she is crucial for us up front and uh, see the work that she's she's putting in and, and she wants to, to go on and, and to be available for, you know, definitely the next World Cup and maybe even the one after that. And, and she's doing everything right to do that. But more importantly, she's just performing really well at the moment and she's demanding a spot. So, yeah, I'm really happy that, um, yeah, she's come through all that and, um, yeah, she's going so well. Another player, I guess, that, that, that may be in a similar <laughs> spot to where Leah was is Lee Kasparik. Um, I know she's leading this New Zealand 11 team that played the warm-up game for Pakistan. She's got really good numbers domestically with the bat and with the ball. How far away is she? And, and what sort of conversations have you had with her about what you want to see? Yeah, look, I'm happy to share because I've been really, I think I've been really upfront and honest with Lee around where she's at. So when we toured the subcontinent in Sri Lanka, she was part of that squad. And, and we obviously, just the conversation that you just had with me around three spinners, we think that's really important. So when we go to the subcontinent, we need to take four uh, as a bit of a replacement. So, look, Fran, Jonas and, and Eden have been outstanding for us with the numbers, but but Lee is pushing it really hard. And I actually had a chat with Lee the other day that, you know, I think um, there's a huge chance that she's going to be on that plane for Bangladesh. So, um, yeah, she's in no way out of in, out of the picture. And, and we brought her to the last subcontinent tour we had and... Um, so, yeah, she knows exactly where she stands for us. She's got some NZ11 games this week. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But obviously we've got a series against England where we actually have uh, the full White Fern squad and also an NZA uh, team playing against an England A. So there's opportunities there to perform. And, and then, you know, World Cup later in the year. So, um, yeah, look, I can see Lee pushing really hard for a spot and being on that plane for Bangladesh. And, and she knows the road ahead for that. You want to win a World Cup, you got to beat Australia, who, quite frankly, are head and shoulders generally yep. above the rest. What do you have to do to, to to be able to beat them? Where do you see the, the development and the improvements required in your squad? Yeah, it's funny you ask that question because it's exactly the, the picture we've put up in in terms of a presentation we've done. And and look, we're we're trying to be, especially with the ball. Um, you know, Australia's I think strength comes from their batting depth. You know, they've got someone like Jess Jonathan in there. T20 team that's got a test match 100 and she bats at 10. So it's just one after the other that keeps coming in. So we've really spoken about being really aggressive and trying to take wickets. I think that's the only way that you are going to compete with an Australian team because if we if we just look to, to get off to a safe start, um, you know, it's going to be too hard to beat them and they'll just keep coming at you with power at the back end. So to do that with the ball, we, we've got to be prepared to maybe leak a few runs, but um, you know, I'm not sure if we can contain them and I'm not sure many countries in the world can contain them, but we can if we constantly look to push the take wickets. So that's our objective with the ball. And then with the bat, yeah, we've again, it's the same thing. We have to be aggressive. We have to trust one another. But if it's not my day, it's it's the next person's day. And, and look, at times, that means we're going to get bowled out for 90 or 100. And, you know, because we're trying to push to get big scores and, and the conversations we've had... Uh, with the players is, you know, are you able to, you know, I guess we stand a bit of media criticism, you know, when you get knocked over or things like that. But if you're looking to play aggressively, then then we're going to back you each and every time. And, and at times that means we're going to look poor, um, but we have to start doing that. And, and just, you know, getting 130, 140 and maybe having a nice defeat, um, you know, I want those days to end. So 
Um, we're going to have good days and bad days doing this, but I think that's the only way we're going to beat the top countries in the world. So you do you do describe prescribe to it's a power game. If, if you're going to be one of the beasts in the world, you have to be able to play a power mm. game. Because yeah, you know one one thing I love about um, working on mm. on the women's game is that sometimes six runs off the final over and it's still game on. And so singles yeah. and and run pr- production can be really important. Oh, and mate, it's whatever way you can you can achieve that. So you know, I'll give you an example. We speak about you know ideally trying to get forty off the last four, but that might mean that you've got a number seven or eight batter in there that that needs to work on getting a Sophie on strike. So everyone has their role to play in that. You know, not everyone can clear the rope, but you know, I often say to the girls, if you can get two runs off every ball, you're going to be the world's greatest T20 team ever. Like you're going to get two hundred and forty, and and that might mean hitting into a gap and running hard. So. Um, I know it's a really simple way to look at it, but yeah, if you can get two off the ball, you're, you're really, you know, productive for us. So um, there's lots of different ways to do it, um, but we just need to be able to to back our strengths. But more importantly, just just keep pushing really hard and and, and not trying to just, I guess, build an innings and you know leave it to somebody else. If it's your day, we need you to keep going. But also, if it's not, um, that's fine. We're going to trust that the next person can do it. Uh, we're not. Not just standing up top, I guess, and um, yeah, maybe building an innings and waiting overs to do it. Um, we need to get in there straight away because, again, Australia and England and these teams are posting scores of 200. So um, it's it's just becoming more common practice. Ben Sawyer with us, the coach of the White Ferns, and Ben, uh, you, you, we talk about uh, Sophie Levine at the start and the and uh, the Oval being renamed after her for a three hundredth cap, but she's also the second highest scorer in the WBBL this year with four hundred eighty nine runs for the Perch, Perth Scorchers. Uh, Mealy Kerr is going to miss uh, the the first game against Pakistan because she's in the final. We had another couple of players in the semis as well. How do yeah. you view the WBBL? I mean, is that a Necessary evil is not the right word. I mean, the more players you got playing in it, I, I, I suppose the better for you, right? Because that means we've got players that are achieving a higher standard. Yeah, look, that's that's my opinion too. And and you know, we we sat down months ago with with this issue and knew that there could be one clash with one game. And um, yeah, look, we uh, you know, there's good financial rewards for our players, but more importantly, there's experience and it's big time cricket. So you know, it was obviously a draft. Um, sort of like an auction this year for them and, and to give our players the best chance of, you know, being selected and, and being part of those teams. Uh, we told them that they could inform their clubs that if they did make the final, that, that they would be available for that game. And I'm comfortable with that because we've known that for months and, and we've got plans in place for that. So, you know, we uh, I've had people and, and been on interviews before where they've spoken about, you know, World Cup experience and big game experience and maybe we haven't performed as well well. You know, I think having experience of, of winning a WBBL final and being in that is only going to add to that. So, yeah, look, I'm comfortable with, with one T20 match um, and also because we planned for it. And, you know, I'm really happy and pleased that, that Millie's going to get that opportunity. So, um, yeah, I think the experience, I think the fact that it gives somebody else an opportunity to play against Pakistan and, and push our teams, there's going to be days where Millie's going to be injured and we're going to have to play without her. So, um yeah, I'm comfortable with that position and I'm happy in the fact that, that she gets that experience to play in that final. What sort of challenges Pakistan bring? Yeah, I think uh, watching the NZ11 and doing the scouting on them, I think their top order um, is difficult to get out. I think they put a high value on their wicket. Um, uh, I think they can get stuck a little bit in terms of some lengths if we can we can push the ball up to them. But 
Uh, and then obviously they've got a really good spin attack. So you've just said that, you know, spin has been good in Super Smash and, and they've named a number of spinners in their squad. So that'll be a challenge for us. But um, yeah, look, they performed well against the NZ11 the other day. And um, yeah, it'll be a challenge for us. Obviously a, a huge summer, I think, for New Zealand cricket in general, uh, with it being on firstly SCNZ, but free to hear coverage on TVNZ. That, that's massive, isn't it? So, you know, are, are you feeling maybe this is a little bit of extra pressure because there is a chance to really grow the audience uh, and, and that'll take good performances to do that as well? Uh, look, honestly, not pressure. I know it's probably a bit of a cliche, but it's just really exciting that, um, you know, the girls are going to get that, that opportunity to, you know, show the whole country on free-to-air TV just how good they are and, and that's how we're approaching it, that it's another opportunity to, to you know, show people your skills and put that on play. So, you know, that's the way we're looking at it. Um, I don't think the girls are going to feel any extra pressure from that, but just a huge opportunity to keep pushing the game forward. And um, like you said, it's there's often very exciting matches that, that come down the last overs and things like that in women's cricket. And um, I think everyone's going to enjoy watching it on TV. Ben, thanks very much for your time this morning, mate. Really appreciate it. Uh, good luck on Sunday with that first game, and uh, we look forward to having the coverage here on SCNZ. No, thanks heaps, and thanks for your support. Uh, anytime, mate. Anytime. Yes, Dunedin's University of Otago Oval renamed the Susie Bates Oval for Sunday as well. You had anything named after you, Mark? <laughs> no. The Doghouse, maybe? <laughs> no, I'm thinking if, the, if it's the University of Otago Oval... Then surely, and if they're going to name the University of Otago Oval after Susie Bates, mm. they should give her an honorary degree as well, shouldn't they? Yeah, that's from the from the university. Yeah, maybe she's already got one. She might have a degree. I'm not sure. She, she, I think she's pretty smart. Yeah, probably smarter than me. <laughs> smarter might, than me as well. Might might not be a long bow to draw though. That, that one to be what, fair. She she knows where to place herself to get the most catches. Yes, she does that. She does that. So, <laughs> so maybe it's a physics degree. Is that what we're thinking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What well, manage, management degree? Management degree? Oh, Robbie's got something. Robbie, uh, she's got a bachelor of physical education at the University of Otago, apparently. Oh, right. There you go. Well, give her another degree. Well, make make it a yeah. Step it up. Make it a doctorate. Yeah. Yeah, Doctor Bates. <laughs> Here we go. Sounds like a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> that was Patrick Bateman, wasn't it? American Psycho? Yeah. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah. Do- Dr. Bates. Dr. Bates.